love my delete later. I bloody hope you do. You can support our show by using the new ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. Just smash that link in the show description and support us now so we can keep making this podcast. Thank you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Stevie, and this is Tessa, and we're the hosts of the Nobody Panic podcast. Excitingly, Nobody Panic, as in me and Tessa, are going to be doing the Unmute Festival, which is an online podcast festival in association with Acast. Come and hang out with us, please. It's from the 20th to the 24th of October, the whole of the Unmute Podcast Festival. And if you're fans of the Adam Buxton podcast or Off Menu or the Blind Boy podcast or Films to Be Buried With with Brett Goldstein or the Cuddle Club with Lou Sanders and dot, 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 many more, then all the tickets are up on the website at unmutepodcastfestival.com. So get in there and by that, I mean, come and watch it. Welcome to Might Delete Later with me, Stevie Martin, who is factually correct when she says, or I say, social media is the end of civilization as we know it. And me, Gina Martin, who thinks maybe that's true, but I believe we'll all be able to make it work and live happily ever after. Oh, you are naive. You're a knave. Okay, to our guest. (laughs) Yes, our guest today is Henry Garrett, formerly Drawings of Dogs on Instagram. He is an illustrator, a cartoonist, drawing wholesome memes on social justice themes. Uh, he's written and illustrated for the New York Times, the I newspaper, BuzzFeed and London Pride. He even created an alternative Valentine's card for the Fawcett Society and provided a feminist drawing of Meghan Markle's dog as a gift for her. And most importantly, he's also just releasing his debut book, This Book Will Make You Kinder, which is an empathy handbook. And his aim is, is that all of us read it and we're kinder after we've read it. I've got two copies, so go out and buy it. Uh, we chatted about loads of things that I found really interesting. What it feels like when you're putting things out there and for the first time and why it's absolutely fine to message friends being like, can you, can you please, can you please like this because I'm doing it by myself and I feel like I've got my, my entire bum out. We also, which I thought was really interesting is that Stevie for the first time was able to ask someone the question, do you not think social media is just morally fucked though? Which was really good. <laughs> I said morally wrong. So, But you meant the F word. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, because he's a very philosophical man and he agreed with me. Spoiler. He did. Okay. What's in your drafts this week? Jean. In my drafts this week is uh, that my phone is lava. You may mean? be wondering what that means. Oh, I'll tell you. It means that I have this technique, which is the only way that I can have a productive and fulfilling life, which is that when I wake up, I am not allowed to touch my phone until I've done something good for myself, which we talked about previously, but I was like, I'm going to do it. And then I never did it. Great. I'm going to start my phone as lava. I'm going to make sure I don't touch it until I've either worked out or had a coffee or had a shower. And then that will be my like, 
social media health thing and you can check on me and ask if I'm doing it. I will check on you and I will ask because in my drafts, um, I do you remember the other week and you were, you said you wanted to watch the social dilemma, the documentary, yeah, but yeah. you were you you were frightened, you you feared it. Um, feared I watched the truth. it. I, you feared the truth. I watched it and uh, yeah, so that's, I'm terrified of all social media now. It also made me um, very um, aware that I took some steps a few years ago to mediate my mediate to limit my social media usage, i.e., turning off all my push notifications. I'm mm. fascinated that people still have Twitter and Instagram notifications. I don't know how anyone does it. I don't have any of those. It's great. Then I had to. My phone exploded, so I had to get like it wiped and get. Did it actually explode? Because you've said this a couple of times. No, it just didn't explode. It just like uh, wouldn't turn on and uh, kind of went like boop, like imploded. Um, so it, everything got wiped, and when I loaded my WhatsApp back on, I forgot by accident to do WhatsApp to put WhatsApp notifications on, which for about a day I was like, "This is mad," and this is no way to live because I can't see what people are saying. I have to check in order to see if I've got WhatsApps and I'm mm. on day three now and I'm going to keep it that way because actually if something is a full emergency and someone I mean someone has died, someone will ring. If it's a work thing, I check my WhatsApp enough to catch the work things. So it's I'm going to do this. It just stops me like all of those millions of times when your phone screen lights up and you go, oh, and you're like, oh, yes. it just stops me doing that, which means that the moment that my phone lights up, I check a WhatsApp, then I'm on it for half an hour because I've decided to go to check like Twitter as well. So it's may already, it's kind of slashed my phone usage to, to about a third. Um, I'm literally doing it right now t- as you speak. Do it right now. And the tip that they give you, that at the end of the documentary, they give you loads of tips about, um, how to limit your phone usage while also basically being like, unfortunately you can't because psychologically it's you're never going to be able to get off it and we're all screwed. But one oh. of the little things you can do, and I'm <laughs> going to start doing it today from now on, is to never click on something suggested for you. Always make your own decisions because that takes the control away from the algorithm, from um, whatever nefarious or not even nefarious, just ulterior motive your phone has against you. If you are making decisions, then you are, every time you make a decision that is yours and not suggested for you, you that is coming from your brain, not secretly coming from your phone that you think is that's a decision actually, that you've that's made. That's such a good tip that you can use across the board. So turn off notifications and never click on something suggested for you because then you're doing it and the phone isn't learning for you. Yes. Oh, God. Look, look, the trainee has become the trainer. I am now a wizard. Um, Go to at my date later pod on Instagram to look at all the posts that we discussed with Henry today and just sit back and relax and and just have a great time because I think this is one of my favourite episodes that we've recorded so far. So every week we ask, what would we like to delete this week? And I'm going to start because mine's really boring. I woke up this morning, my mm-hmm. entire womb was ejecting itself from my body. Oh no. And I was in so much pain and I just have felt sick all morning and I don't feel like I can do anything. And this is, I've put makeup on and I'm now here and it's like, what a lovely job. But the, it just stops me in my tracks. And so I would like to delete periods, but then I'd still be able to have a baby if I'd like one. Understood. Good choice. See like, so while yours is boring... Mine is just like lazy and vague, but it is true. So it's my truth. Yeah. Um, I would like to delete everything. I 
I'm having uh, one of those weeks where I'm um it's it's also Monday. <laughs> mm. uh, I'm having one of these weeks where um just everything is everything's just I'm just furious. Like I'm just furious with everything, good and bad. I'm like, oh how good, oh how good, like <laughs> terrible. So yeah, I'd like to do everything and just float in a pool of like very warm water. Like like I'd like to be in a womb while you'd like to delete your womb. Yes. Okay. okay. Well, that, that's really good. I think. Good connection. I know. Sisters, right? <laughs> how about you, Henry? What would you delete this week? I'm gonna go with. When I go for dog walks, I realise that people just drop so much unfinished food on the floor. <gasps> and I would delete all of the food that my dog finds mm-hmm. because yes. she eats a lot of random, you know. And sometimes you're walking down the road and you're like, who just dropped like a chicken wing, you know? And why yeah, did how they drop? Sad. <laughs> um, what is your daily average screen time like? Just to kick us off. Yeah, well, so I just looked at the Instagram thingy. I don't have the phone thingy, but it yeah. told me I spend one hour and 50 minutes oh my God, on so Instagram. Instagram. Well, that's apparently. That's so good. That's good. That Henry, awful. mine was nine hours and Not on Instagram. Minutes. Not on my Instagram. phone. Yeah, yeah but, but to be okay. fair, most of my Check time is Instagram. Instagram. Okay, my Instagram today is three hours and 25 minutes. It's only half 12. <laughs> wow but i'm wondering if that's from last night because i didn't go i couldn't sleep last night so i was on my phone at like 4 a.m do you reckon it would count today or is that just yes, it does, thinking? Yeah, it does. yeah as long as it's after yeah yeah my instagram average is uh one uh, an hour and a half oh god i hate um, everyone right yeah my twitter is really bad at the moment i think I, I i don't um really post on twitter much but i spend so long staring at twitter oh my god yeah it's yes, like Twitter's my Twitter. you can't get Twitter's my, my big one. And I think as well it is that thing of um it's like when you're it's like watching a film and the plot twists are so incredible and they also affect your life. So it's like a mm. like an interactive film and halfway through that film you can't just be like oh, I don't care what happens I'm going to switch off you've got you've got to so it feels like I'm yeah constantly watching a horror film. And it's interesting what why don't you post on on Twitter? Oh, I don't know. I've just never gotten the knack of Twitter. Um, I, I, I think most people are like this. Like they think they're like kind of good at one of them, and you know don't know how to do the other. But I don't know how to tweet. People on there are so funny. I'm like, <laughs> how did you get so funny? But it's just it's not me. Um, I've never mastered it. You're very visual, and your captions are very like. There's a lot of nuance in your work, so it's almost like Twitter just maybe isn't the platform for I'm your too, type of work. I'm too sincere as well. Like I think Twitter relies on. I mean, maybe this is like me, but like Twitter loves insincerity, um, and like very funny insincerity. I'm not like digging on that, but I just I think I'm like overly sincere, and like Instagram loves that. But if we if you went on Twitter and were like, you know, just like trying to give those same vibes of like oh let's all just be a bit better to each other like <laughs> everyone on twitter would be like fuck off you know? yeah. it's just a different spirit isn't it it is uh, yeah also it's feeling as well i think something that informs your social media which one you prefer is very much i feel very much to do with what you feel like you can offer so like you offer so much with your drawings and your illustrations and what that and you kind of really like nailed that. I mean, this is probably more a Stevie question, but is there any any part of social media that you struggle with? Like, do you notice that it makes your mental health worse or, or anxiety worse or anything like that? Definitely. Like, I 
I think if if I wasn't doing it, like if I wasn't so involved in my job, I might be like one of those social media refusers type thing. I think lots of people have the experience of like you get loads of FOMO from social media. I don't think I get that. I don't know what I get. I think I just, yeah, I'm just aware of too too much, like more than I, I need to be um, news-wise, but also like, you know, what's going on in people's lives-wise. But I don't get like, I don't know, I don't really get like a FOMO, which I think is lots of people's mental health things. Do you um, compare yourself sometimes? to? I've always wondered in terms of illustrators on Instagram. Because- I, I think I don't super, partly because... The, the people that I follow all do such different things like right. and like in a really like healthy way like where I, like I I love the work of everyone. I think I think I have actually seen people doing fairly similar things to me before and decided not to follow them because yes. I like don't necessarily want that and I don't want like our work to sort of start getting closer and closer together because I'm like kind of seeing their stuff so I think I mostly follow people who like you know are very much in a similar space and like you know have politics that I like and such uh, things but like uh, I don't know what I do is like very specific and very weird and I don't think like you know there's someone who I'm like oh they're doing exactly the same yeah thing as me and then it's directly comparable but you do see I don't know when I really wanted a book to happen if I saw people doing a book, I would be like, oh, I want that to happen for me. You do compare a bit, but like, I think I'm much more like comparing to myself with that. And that's, that's unhealthy. Um, I definitely get like, oh, maybe the cartoons I used to do were better. And maybe, you know, that last post got this many likes and I usually get, you know, whatever stuff like that. But that's much more comparing to me than to, to other people yeah. I think yeah internal but there are lots of things in illustration that I never wanted to do that like are people's you know huge wins that I'm yeah. like yes like I'm so glad you got that that you wanted but that was never yes. my, my goal aim. you know so you're into like sort of meta ethics and stuff like that Gina, Gina tells me and also I've sort of mm-hmm. seen as well I believe that social media is morally wrong that's like a stance that i I don't really have many stances and that's also because I think social media has ruined my opinion to have stances as someone who sort of studies that and kind of is much more aware of that than I am like how would you respond to that as a statement so do you think you're saying that it's morally wrong to engage in social media or uh, no. social media makes us do things that are morally wrong or it's yes. bad for us from a, a, a well-being flourishing human virtue perspective flourishing perspective because i believe that it it changes our behavior without us being in control of it or even knowing that we're doing it because Mm. it means that we are at the behest of well the creators of social media and what they want us to do even the things that we go but it's fine i'm just posting a picture of i don't know uh my birthday it's like Mm. why like it it kind of makes it's it certainly makes us change our behavior and i find that to be yeah. Uh, quite compromising because it's based it sort of runs off ad money doesn't it really mm. so that's the fact that it's all running off that makes me feel that it's it's uh it is objectively Ethically not a, a healthy off. thing even it's though we making, do get healthy things from it but it's making our lives go badly for us you know yes. it's, it's, it's it's um it was wrong for them to make it such as it is but for yes. me personally me using it mostly doesn't make me cruel to other people it makes my life go badly for me because yeah because it changes my 
desires in, in a way that makes them less achievable almost is yes, your, that's yeah. roughly yeah. the statement of the position <laughs> but yes. then I, i'd be tempted to agree with it <laughs> right yeah. i think and i, I would agree, i would think that most people who get pleasure from it or it helps their careers or it helps them find connections even people who get the positives mm. from it i think if you dug down i think because i would agree with that even though i'm the one who loves social media on this podcast i think many mm. of us if we dug down would say but do i know how it's making me change my behavior no i can't put my finger on that i can't yeah. i can't say it's not controlling me in some way and that's that's where it starts to become murky this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive and june olive and june gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box and if you break it down it really comes out to two dollars a manicure which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Shall we move on to your post? First post, first post. First post. So, Gina, please. So, the first post. What did you find? It's joy because when we did our bonus episode in between season one and season two, Henry uh, sent this into our DMs on Might Delete Later Pod on Instagram. And it is your Father's Day card for my dad starring Billy. And actually for my papa starring Billy. And it's a little drawing, pen drawing of Billy looking up in a park. And she's saying, I swear to God, if you throw that stick again, uh, you can go get it yourself, dickhead. And it's like the first drawing you did. When you tell us about this and when you first started drawing, why did you start doing these on Instagram and what led to that? Yeah, so 2014. Yeah, that's mad. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, I did art at school and I, I drew dogs and I would always choose to draw dogs if I was going to draw anything. <laughs> I think at a certain point, I, um, yeah, in 2014, I must have gotten the Instagram and I. I was like, oh, it would be cool to, I was doing things like this, um, little cartoons for like family members, maybe in, in, this was like inside his card, I think. And I thought, oh, maybe I should try putting some of these on social media. Um, and then I looked and drawings of dogs was available on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Tumblr. Yeah. I was like, this is a sign. Um, it seemed really weird, but but I really didn't, you can probably see, like, the posts were really far apart, at least initially. I really didn't know what I was doing with it. And the second post is me drawing uh, the dog Stella from Modern Family. So I did this series, Drawings of Dogs That Belong to Homeless Individuals. And it was going to be more like that. It was going to be more like drawing dogs that have a role. Right. Um, 
and having their people, their humans, sort of in the background, and it kind of being about the people, but drawing the dog um, and getting like a quote from them, maybe like um, about the dog. Um, we're still like that idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's I've so got, well, yes, please. Uh, still got drawings of dogs, but um, I think that was the initial idea. But then I was just doing more like of the little doodly type things, probably because they took less time. Mm. Um, and I just started posting a, f- a few of those. But yeah, I that think the, was like philosophy element come into it. Well, well, what I always say is that like they started becoming more like political and about like morality when I dropped out of studying because at that point I didn't have that outlet for that sort of thinking, I guess. Like, it was a side thing, and then when it became a main thing, it had to involve a lot more of, like, my values, if you see what I mean. Like, I couldn't have it be... um, Nothing wrong with doing cartoons that are just jokes, you know. That would would be fine. Um, But for me, that didn't work once it was, like, my main focus, if you see what I mean. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. When when you first started... Did you, because it's quite exposing to put your, I know people that do doodles and, mm. and, and love drawing, but the step of putting it on social media is such a huge step for a lot of people. Mm. Was How did you find that? Initially, I had the Instagram, but like my real life people didn't really follow the Instagram, but I did post a cartoon on, on Facebook. But it, I think probably loads of people do this. Um, what I did was I was like, oh you know did a little doodle and I was secretly hoping that like people would love it you know yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean you, yeah. you, you post like, I think loads of people do this on social media where they're like oh not a big deal and that like gives you like sort of permission and also it's like maybe like good marketing or something because um people love to think that you're not trying really hard. <laughs> yes. I was nervous, but I thought, I thought some of the early things were funny. Um, and I thought that other people, I thought that other people would, I thought like my, my friends at least would think they were funny. Mm. Um, and would maybe like them. And, and I was like, people like dog jokes. People like dogs. dogs. Having a support system. So if you do put something up, you have, you know. You get a few likes. <laughs> like, I think that's so, it's so underrated as, as, a, as a strategy. Yeah. Because I've never thought of doing that. I wish I had the gumption to, just like when I started doing like online sketches or things, to WhatsApp a few of my friends who I know wouldn't mind and be like, do mm. you mind awfully sharing this? I won't ask you every time and I won't be one of those annoying people, but just it's really exposing and it would have really helped me because actually what happens is I get like people will go like, oh, I like your sketch. You're like, why didn't you retweet that? <laughs> <So> you <laughs> yeah. Really like, oh. yeah, people don't mind. Yeah, especially like your core, your core people. My whole like career is probably thanks to doing that at the beginning like it started Mm. on Facebook of me going hey this thing happened can you all please share this petition or can you all and Mm. I started on Facebook because those are the people my family my friends who will like want to support me because they love love and know me and they care about something and then after Mm. that core group got involved that's when I could then branch it out to other social media so I think everyone should do that if they feel brave enough to post you're proud of so um, tell us about just tell us about the story surrounding this post. I feel like it's quite obvious why you're proud of this post. You can go to at might delete later pod and see Henry's proud post. Um, but basically, it's you holding your book. It's me holding my debut book, which is ludicrous, but it's also me 
because I used the debut book to propose to my partner Kitty. So it's a bit of a one-two punch of two of my proudest achievements of my life. Um, number one being that Kitty wants to be with me, and number two being that I got to write my dream book. Uh, I'll read the last little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm using this book because I said Kitty's name should have been alongside mine on the front, but she disagreed. So instead, her name will appear at the end. I love you and I like you. Will you be my best friend forever, Kitty Gardner? Oh, so cute! You don't put pictures of yourself on your main grid, really. Mm. Obviously, this was because you had not only uh, get engaged and stuff, uh, not engaged, um, book as well. Is mm. it, do you post pictures of, of yourself when it is a only when it's sort of like a big milestone thing? Do you have to have a little think where you're like, oh, um, is this a me? Is, it, is this a me face time? You know what? I think if I posted a picture of my face and I didn't have massive news. I wouldn't get very many likes. <laughs> it's not what people are following my page for. And I think, you know, that's just a social media thing, right? That, like, people follow specific pages for specific things. If you post something that's outside of your wheelhouse, even if it's something that they might like on another page, people don't tend to like it or, you know, share it or engage with it or whatever. I know that there are people who, like, enjoy my stories, and I think that's a different, you know, yeah. Instagram stories I do a lot of and, like, show my face on there. Um but I think that's a different group of people. And I think, you know, you if you just want my drawings from my Instagram, I think that's completely fine. Um, and I'm completely happy with that. Stories yeah. are like have uh, become, I suppose, for people like yourself, they're like a behind the scenes. Yeah. Even me, the nice, pic- the really like well done pictures go on my main grid. Where yeah. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a main grid. And then Instagram <laughs> stories is just like what I'm doing with my day. Like I've just spilt something or you know i'm bored or whatever and then the good like the the stuff that you kind of want to present to the world goes on you're going to find that really interesting it's very like literal with you like it is kind of behind the scenes i remember when i interviewed you for my book tour in 2019 at the beginning Mm. in june and you said i remember i think about it all the time and you said about how you put something out into the world that's good and goodness it's like empathy and kindness and all these things you put these things out into the world and you don't necessarily know where they're going to go like you can't measure them but that that's the really valuable stuff and it was a kind of idea that I guess I've always felt but I've never put into words and you we talked about your your kind of career dreams and you said well I want to write this book that when some when everyone's read it it makes them considerably kinder and that was and and that was such a beautiful I think idea because most people it's like I want to write the book and I want to be on the Times bestselling list but it's like mm. this thing that you can't measure but is actually so much more valuable than the other mm. metrics that maybe you can measure and I think that's such a beautiful idea I think about that all the time with my work because that's kind of what my work is it's like putting stuff out into the world and hoping that the wave crashes somewhere and it helps something or someone somewhere yeah that someone someone's mind was changed but I think it's mad that that, uh, you know I think it's amazing that we can write things or that people can write things and then you read them and then you think differently about things and then you act differently about things that's just like that's amazing yeah what and yeah I think that's definitely what we what we aim for so yeah you didn't really you said well, to me you delete I struggle because I delete I, I like if, if there's something I'm I'm not happy with I, I delete it so it's not like I can show my worst post but I can show a post that I sent to you that is one that I changed like I deleted yeah. the first post and I changed it because I was told that the you know 
I was reminded that the wording was um, exclusionary of some trans people when talking about abortion. It's a pro-abortion cartoon. Tampon and a condom having a conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, and just the first draft of the wording, well, the, the, the wording that I posted um, just re- referred to women um, as the people for whom abortions are an important thing. Um, when clearly, like, we know that isn't true. But I used that wording first time around and then a few people messaged me about it or, like, commented. But I remember Ash Does Art um, particularly taking a bit of time to send me, like, a, a longer, you know, worded message about, you know. But I knew once they'd pointed it out anyway, but I was, you know, um, and then uh, it was really useful. And then the thing with my drawings is I can change them quite quickly. So I just, you know changed that and reposted it how does that like because I know a lot of people I I guess in your job and I feel the same in my job like Mm. when you've been doing it for long enough and you're talking about issues that are really nuanced it doesn't feel I think a lot of people think we'd be like defensive or whatever but it doesn't feel like that Mm. because you're constantly learning and then you're producing Mm. something and then that comment section is often just an extension of the learning you're already doing so it's kind of you can appreciate it actually sometimes when people do that how do you feel when um people um ask you to change things and and that's the first question and do you get held to a high standard in other areas do you get messages that you think are unfair or do you not get that much of that I think yeah I think as you say like I feel pretty good about it because uh I've been doing it for a while and you know and it's it's a real like opportunity um because because I get have quite a big audience and because I get to just put my thoughts out there which like you know who wants to hear my thoughts anyway but like a lot of people um yeah but then I get like I get to hear discussion of my thoughts and that's like such a that's such a fast forward way of learning right and yes that's such like a an accelerator to 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 your learning to have like you know I could write an essay and I'd get loads of comments on that essay and you know usually you have to pay to go and do a degree to get loads of comments on your essays right um yeah. but but I just get them for free so <laughs> and that's actually from, a really good point of putting it I never yeah. thought about that it does fast forward your learning especially when you have a community that's supportive and they're just trying to like help you understand something. yeah yeah and there's uh, they have a lot more perspectives than I have in my one brain you know um so yeah I, I really benefit from it at the start when you first started out mm. Was there a point, was there ever, because when you first start getting criticism, constructive or otherwise, Mm, mm. you can deal with it sort of a bit like you can be defensive. Because I know that you're saying, you know, obviously you you two have been doing it for a while, but the start, was it it sometimes hard to hear that? It's interesting because like, Jeannie, you just said like, do you get held to a high standard? And I think because I'm, a cis white man, I don't get held to a very high standard. And I would probably believe that, yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's so weird because I see I see the standards that some people are held to um, and they're always people, you know, with multiple oppressions. And I just don't get held. I, I get comments, I get people being helpful and stuff, but I do think the we reserve the most brutal, well, not we, but like society reserves the most brutal vitriol, including like, you know, social justice people for the most 
oppressed and the most marginalized people yeah um and and I mean, I think in some ways it's because it's like no one expects much of me. And sometimes that's like a blessing. And sometimes that can actually be a curse because people are expecting a lot of um, certain people. So if, if we're saying that like this speeds up your education, when when there are communities that expect a lot from one, one another, there's a lot of knowledge there. And, you know, people are teaching each other and in community with each other. And I think maybe the fact that I don't get that much critique is a reflection of the fact that not that many, not as many people feel like I'm a part of their community. Yeah, there's not a lot of people in your community that would actually be holding you to account in the same conversations as you, actually. We pick and choose who's more palatable, don't we? Like, society picks and choose who's more palatable and who we decide is doing enough or not doing enough or who should be doing more, depending on what community they come from, what their intersections of oppression are. So if you're not super, super visible and if it's illustrations at the front, it's a lot mm. harder to pick and choose and give you shit because it's not a person that I'm picking on. But also... It. Yeah, that, but that when makes... they do see me, they also see that, like, I'm a, I'm a white man. And yeah, that, yeah. that does Oh, my God, you're doing so much. <laughs> I'll let you be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, on the opposite side, it doesn't anger them, you know. And it, yeah. and yeah, it does. It, it's not like, oh, you're saying this. It's like, do you know what I mean? Which I think is a, a very strong effect. It's like Stevie said, you know, we with some people, yeah, like we we see the bar is so low with some people. Well, the bar is so low here, and they're doing so much. Like there's so little expected of you, so I'm not going to engage with it. Which is, it's mm. really interesting, actually. It's interesting, really yeah. interesting. And also, I'd, a really interesting episode in general. Isn't it just? <laughs> Thank Henry, you so much, Henry Garrett. Agree. An absolute delight. Genuinely, a real delight. We haven't had anybody who's an illustrator on before, and it's really interesting hearing about... Well, it's just you're very balanced, but also very, very honest, and it was really, really great to chat to you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. What an absolute gem of a man. Um, do Isn't follow just... Henry. It's just great. Do follow Henry on Instagram at Henry J. Garrett. And also, of course, buy his book. This book will make you kinder at all good bookstores. And you can follow us at Might Delete Later Pod on Instagram and at Might Delete Pod on Twitter. You can email us any guests you'd like to see on the podcast. Could be literally anyone, unless that they're awful and we don't want to platform them. But we'll make that decision, okay? Don't make that decision for us. Um, Stevie, mm. have you checked the Gmail inbox? Of course not. Right, good, because I have. So you can email us at mightdeletelaterpod at gmail.com. Um, and give us a review, subscribe, rate us, it helps people find us. And remember, social media can be a brilliant pay- place for learning more about social justice or drawing. But it also can be ethically ambiguous and morally wrong. But however you feel, remember, you can always just take a break or you might as well do it later. Bye! Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.